So the, the psychologists have ha ha coined a term for this. It's called post-traumatic growth. And um, Nietzsche, I believe, was the guy that said, whatever doesn't uh, kill us makes us stronger. And that's what happened to me. And that's happened to many other people I've talked to. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring and influential guests who are making their mark on the world and contributing to the common good. Contributing to the common good in even the smallest of ways is one of the scientifically proven ways we can age with vitality and deep contentment. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist and fellow zestful ager. My goal is to share optimism about aging and introduce you to guests who will excite and inspire you to share your own gifts and talents with the world. And to find out more about this podcast, my web courses and my brand new book, Not Just Chatting, How to Become a Master Podcast Interviewer, hop on over to zestfulaging.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for my monthly email newsletter, The Insider, where you'll get behind the scenes looks at my interviews and pictures of uh, mushrooms I've harvested in the woods, pictures of my new puppy, these kinds of fun tidbits. Our music is courtesy of Judy Banker. Find out more at judybanker.com. Ever wonder what the host of Zestful Aging does when she's not podcasting? Creating one-of-a-kind earrings, of course. I've just opened an Etsy shop called Zestful Design, no S, and it showcases my fun, comfortable, and zesty polymer earrings. These earrings are fun to make and fun to wear. So check out my new shop, Zestful Design, on Etsy. So here's a question. Are you living your life in a business as usual manner, but somehow hoping for better results? What if you can make doable changes and increase your level of energy to actively engage with the world, avoid chronic conditions and achieve peace of mind? Who doesn't want that? Our guest today makes the case that embracing just a few healthy lifestyle choices can rejuvenate your life, regardless of how many birthdays you've had. Alan Carpenter's book, Choose Better, Live Better, Nine Healthy Choices That Nurture Body, Mind, and Spirit, is a great guide to doing just that. Alan's going to give us some simple, practical, evidence-based suggestions to make that happen. Welcome to the show, Alan. Well, thank you, Nicole. I appreciate being here. Great. Now, you have some really interesting stories. We're, we're going to get to that in just a second, but I know you are an ecologist by training, a PhD ecologist. How did you get interested in aging well? I think it's, it started when I was young. It turns out that I lived with my grandparents for about 15 years when I was a lad. My grandfather was a, uh, well, I think you'd describe him as a health nut <laughs> way back when. He was born in 1881. Wow. And back then, the term health nut, of course, didn't exist. And he did these interesting things like he for example bought whole wheat bread 
Oh he wouldn't my bu- goodness. He wouldn't, buy, he wouldn't buy white bread. He wouldn't buy soda pop. Where and, was he getting his information? <laughs> I haven't the faintest idea. Because when I was a kid, you know, as kids, we just sort of assume the world is the way it is. Wonder and, bread was the thing. Oh, indeed it was. But I, he wouldn't buy that stuff. And my mom wouldn't buy it either because she was influenced by her father, my grandfather. And he also had this really interesting thing that he did. He would every once in a while buy a pint of gin. Then he'd pour the gin out and pack it with uh, cloves of garlic that he'd peeled. And then he'd pour the gin back on top of the garlic and throw away the extra gin. Uh-huh. And then every day he'd eat a, a pickled piece of a garlic clove. He was so ahead <laughs> of his time. <laughs> yes. And as, of course, as a 12-year-old, this was just like, Gramp, what are you doing? And why are you doing it? That stuff tastes awful. That's foul. <laughs> it's foul. But um, also, one of the things he did was he... Um, when I came to live uh, along with my brothers and my mom, with my grandparents, he was 71. Mm-hmm. And he walked to work every day at age oh, wow. 71. And, wow. and of course, I thought, well, that's how people did things. You walked to work. But that's not how most people did that. But he was very conscientious about what he ate and, and uh, getting exercise. And he was also a very sociable fellow. He mm-hmm. just was the kind of guy that everybody likes to say hello to. Mm-hmm. And he also lived a very purposeful life. And most uh, days in the evenings, he would read books about fellows like Albert Schweitzer. Mm. So not romance novels or anything like that. <laughs> and so I just uh, absorbed all that as the way one should live a life. What was his ethnicity, Alan? Is this something he learned um, uh, when when your family came over? Uh, I don't know. Mainly Germany and uh, Scotland and mm, England. I see. So I he grew up in western Illinois, which was at that time the prairie, uh, minimally settled by farmers. Mm-hmm. It was a lot different, of course, than it is now. But I don't really know how he acquired those beliefs. That's fascinating. I, I, I'm so curious, you know, where his information came from, because he was really doing things very differently than his peers. Yes, very different. That's, that's fascinating. So you were indoctrinated into that, even though at that time you probably didn't want to eat gin-soaked pickled garlic <laughs> no <laughs> but it did creep into your uh, memory yes I, <clears throat> excuse me uh, my wife and i have several gardens around our home and we grow garlic mm-hmm. so we have we've eaten up uh, our garlic uh, for example for this summer didn't get watered properly because i just messed up on the watering so our garlic didn't really produce all that much here and we've now eaten all of the garlic that we grew. So wow! Now you we know go to when the store. our shallots run out from the garden, it's a and when our leeks run out, it's a sad day. Yes, we know how precious they are. Yes. Oh my goodness! So you had that kind of uh, mindset growing up, and then um, sounds like you were a pretty active man, um, and then something happened in 2013. Yes, that's right. Uh, for uh, um, 
as a kid, I became interested in the out-of-doors and mm-hmm. hiking. I was in Boy Scouts. So I, I thought that was a pretty cool thing to do. It, as a young adult, I kind of uh, drifted away from that for reasons that I don't really understand. But it turned out that in the, let's see, it must have been in December of 2007, I was searching the web one night and ran into a website for the John Muir Trail in California. Uh-huh. So this guy had hiked the trail the previous summer, and he'd posted a hundred photographs of the scenery along the trail. And as I looked at those pictures, I just got so excited. Wow, look at the lakes and the snow fields and the streams. And oh, wouldn't it be cool to camp right there? And oh, <laughs> this is just great. <clears throat> oh. And before I got to the hundredth picture, I made a vow. I am hiking <clears throat> the entire John Muir Trail. 218 miles oh next my summer. God. Oh my gosh. I didn't have the faintest idea how I would actually do that. But <clears throat> one of the and things. And you were living I've, in Colorado at the time. Yes, that's right. Okay. It, but that I didn't really realize at the time. But I have since found if the why is big enough in, and in my life, or I think in anybody's life, the how will take care of itself. Mm. My why was huge. I was going to do this. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. I, I'll read books. I'll talk to people. I'll figure it out. And it I did. really captured your imagination. <clears throat> yes, it did. Yes, it what did. What was it about I, it? Was there part of it? I mean, obviously, you are a hard worker if you have a doctorate. Um, was there something about I'm, I'm challenging myself, this is really hard, but I'm going to do it anyway, or I want to see that kind of beauty, or what, what was it that really got you? Well, I think it was living in nature for about three weeks. Mm. No roads, uh, just the birds and the plants and other hikers coming along. It was just be experiencing that and being in a situation where I didn't have to think about work or other responsibilities, just being there. Mm-hmm. You were hungry for that. Yes, I, I guess I was. I didn't really know that. But I, I did the hike, and even though at the end of the hike, uh, my right foot, developed a case of plantar fasciitis oh my goodness and i just limped to the finish line mm. which is the trailhead for mount whitney i just barely oh, made it yeah but another interesting thing happened and so i went to the podiatrist and i got an insert for my shoe and mm-hmm. about maybe thanksgiving my plantar fasciitis more or less went away but the memory of those wonderful days and the campsites and the snow and going over the passes and being above tree line, all that mm. stuff. It was like a, a photo uh, developing in the developing tray in a dark room. It just got brighter and more oh, detailed wow. and more vivid. And the memory of that pain just kind of went away. Mm-hmm. I, I, of course, and that's I, pain. I have had that. And it's, it feels like you're walking on broken glass. Ooh, it's awful. It's it, awful. It, and and I, I remembered in a kind of um, detached way, yes, mm-hmm. my foot hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. But that didn't have any emotional uh, baggage to it anymore. Mm. But the good stuff that I experienced, oh, that was huge. And that following winter, I thought, 
I am going to hike the entire Pacific Crest Trail in one go. Mm -hmm. Because it turns out that about 175 miles of the John Muir Trail coincides with the Pacific Crest Trail. And I talked to people along the way who knew about the Pacific Crest Trail. And that sounded even cooler than the John Muir Trail. <laughs> <laughs> the Pacific Crest Trail runs from Mexico to Canada for 2,660 oh. miles. Oh, my gosh. And I was going to ask you because I, I, I knew it was a big deal, but I did not realize it was that long. Mm. It, it is a huge deal. And I got in my mind from discussions I had with other people who'd hiked the trail, from pictures I saw, I just had this burning desire, what I call a big why. I'm going to hike the entire Pacific Crest Trail in one go. Mm. What's your I, wife think of that? Uh, she's been very, uh, what's the word, <laughs> uh, generous in <laughs> tolerating my eccentricities. Oh. Accommodating, thank you. That's a wonderful spouse. <laughs> yes, in, indeed. And, and, and I, don't, I don't mean to come across that I'm taking that lightly. It is a mm. huge thing. Yes. So I so sweetly appreciate Betsy's willingness to accommodate my hiking and biking adventures. But I, it's one of those things, if I didn't know how I was going to hike the John Muir Trail for 218 miles, there is zero way I knew what I was doing regarding the Pacific Crest Trail. Mm -hmm. But I figured, hey, I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'll ask people. I'll read books. I'll do this. Well, it turns out that life got in the way. And I was still doing my ecological consulting work. And I didn't get around to actually starting the Pacific Crest Trail until 2013. Mm -hmm. So I set forth from the Mexican border, hiking north on the trail, and for 1,061 miles, everything went pretty well. I just enjoyed the desert parts of Southern California and the Sierra Nevada mountains. Oh, just way cool. Mm -hmm. Then I got into Northern California, and one morning I rounded the, the north-facing side of Mount Raymond, very steep. This was about 30 miles south of South Lake Tahoe. So I got to the stretch of trail that was totally covered with smooth, hard ice, mm -hmm. 20 feet long. So I stopped and I thought, well, what do I do? And I took one step on the trail and realized this ice was so smooth. If I made the slightest boo-boo, mm. I'm going to slip. And I realized I'm going to slide about 100 feet down this steep icy gully into a bunch of boulders at the bottom. Ooh. Oh, goodness. So I, I took a step back, and I'm standing there thinking what to do. And my stomach hijacked my conscious mind. Because it turns out that we long-distance hikers cannot carry enough food to the, compensate for the 5,000 calories we burn up every day. And we're just hungry all the time. I see. And my and I and I realized I'm only thirty miles from the all you can eat buffet at Harris Casino <laughs> in oh, South Lake Tahoe. That's hysterical. And you're starving. And, and I just started to walk across that icy trail like a zombie heading to the Harris All You Can Eat Buffet. Oh my I gosh. slipped and I rocketed a hundred feet down that icy gully and slammed into a boulder. Well, 
it was completely my own stupidity that caused that. It would have been so easy to just turn around, take a different route, bypass the icy trail, but mm. I didn't. So eventually I regained consciousness and sort of looked around and I oh made a, a really important, just crucial decision and I realized I'm not going to die here. I did. I was. I was so hurt. I just could barely move. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but uh, I could see that there was a, a big hole in my leg, and the blood was running down my leg. Oh my goodness! So, so I thought I'm going to live. So what do I do? And then I, I actually sat there on the ground, estimating the amount of blood flow coming out of my leg, and <laughs> I figured I, I had about. 10 minutes before I'd bleed mm. to death or something oh. like that. So yeah. I thought, okay, I got to fix this. So turns out I had a piece of old ratty mandana and I stuffed it in the hole and <laughs> my the blood flow stopped. And then I realized, okay, got that done. I'm going to get out of the gully and crawl back up this steep mountainside to the trail because if I could do that at some point, a hiker's going to come along and could get help. Mm -hmm. Okay. No cell phones. Uh no, no, not okay. not where I was. Okay. So I, uh, it was really steep and covered with all these nasty loose rocks and uh, volcanic terrain, and oh man, it was just awful crawling back up there, and oh everything hurt, and mm. but I, I was so motivated, I wasn't going to die there, mm -hmm. and I, it took me about oh I don't know maybe an hour to crawl a hundred feet, but I made it back to the trail. And I just collapsed and lay there for a while. Nobody showed up for a while. So I thought, well, how about if I crawl back on the trail maybe about 80 feet? There was a little rise and I could look around and maybe I'd see something. Which I don't know why I had that expectation, but what the heck. So I crawled back up there and looked. And I could see a long ways out to the east. And I thought, maybe there's a cell phone tower out there. Mm. Now, I was in the McCullamy Wilderness in the middle of nowhere mm -hmm. in Central California. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. not going to be a cell phone tower out there. <laughs> but I thought, well, I got nothing else to do. Why don't I see? <laughs> <laughs> so I took out my cell phone. It, it turns out it was on my left side breast pocket. I hit the boulder on my right side. The phone was okay. I, I was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And then I, I got it going. And I had two bars of service. Oh, oh man, I, I just I just started to shake. I was so excited, so I calmed down and I punched in nine one one and got a hold of a person and after a long series of miscommunications, uh, a helicopter picked me up and took me to a hospital in Reno. I spent five days in the hospital being fixed up. And then I finally ended up home. Oh, my gosh. So it, it was uh, one of those things that many people have experienced in life. Something happens which is terrible, mm -hmm. just painful and disappointing, awful, just whatever. And and when I got home, I really felt sorry for myself. Oh, poor mm -hmm. little Alan. He can't, I can't go back on the trail, and it shouldn't have <laughs> happened to me, and, in spite of the fact I brought it on myself. But then I realized I had taken my life for granted mm -hmm. when I almost lost it. So I thought, well, 
I just so want to get back on the Pacific Crest Trail. I'm going to finish it. I only have 1,599 miles to go. <laughs> I'm going to do this. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. Like, how do I get better? So I started reading. My wife, Bethy, got me all these books from the Boulder Public Library. I started reading, and it didn't take long for me to realize that this business of exercise, physical activity, whatever you want to call it, is mm -hmm. huge, just gigantic. So I thought, well, I'll, as much as I can, I'll start moving again. And then I realized in other books, wow, this business of what we eat is huge. It's just <laughs> You not... were becoming an expert because you were laid up, right? And you had this goal of getting back to your yeah. trail. Yes, it was just, it was almost tell me what to do and I'll do it. I don't mm -hmm. care what it is. But, yeah. Well, there was nobody I knew to tell me what to do. So I had to figure it out for myself. And I kept reading and actually doing these things not just reading about them. And it ended up changing my life. And that's what I'm doing now as a consequence of almost getting killed. So the, the psychologists have ha ha coined a term for this. It's called post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. And um, Nietzsche, I believe, was the guy that said, whatever doesn't uh, kill us makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. And that's happened to many other people I've talked yes. to. The resilience. The, yes. You and know, how do we get back yes. and 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 um, more focused, more clear, yes. more grateful. Right. I didn't realize I had it in me. I think all of us have it in us to respond to these life-threatening situations. But we don't know it until we're in it. And then we're given the opportunity to really take charge of our life or just kind of roll over and play dead. Today's episode is sponsored by Kindra. Kindra is a self-care company that makes estrogen-free essentials designed by women for women to support people who experience the hormonal changes of menopause. Their line of menopause essentials includes a daily vaginal lotion that dramatically relieves vaginal dryness and three daily supplements all thoughtfully designed to target and relieve the symptoms of menopause, including hot flashes, brain fog, mood swings, and more. Each of these products is backed with years of research and development to identify the most potent and effective formulations. Visit Our Kindra, O-U-R-K-I-N-D-R-A dot com, using code ZESTFUL20 for 20% off your first purchase. And I'd love to hear how it works for you. You talk about being a professional rather than an amateur. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Is That's a Steve Prescott term, is that right? Uh, Pressman, I believe. Pressman, okay. I, I think. And uh, anyway, the, uh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wrote this really interesting little book about just Going through life as a, as a kind of amateur, just kind of eh, kind of coasting and not really having any direction in life or just kind of, you know, eh. Life that happens to life, you. Yes, life happens to you. On the other hand, I think his idea of being a professional, being a pro at life, is to really engage with life actively mm. and set some goals about how I want to be as a person or how I want to 
do things in the world to be a useful guy in some way or another, how to be a wonderful husband and a loving parent or two kids and how about being a wonderful neighbor. I mean, not in an ego sense, but just life will be a lot simpler if I'm a good husband. It's like, hello. <laughs> and it will be much more enjoyable in our family if I'm a good parent to our kids. I and see. It, Do you think it takes more effort to be good? Uh, yes, I'd say so. Uh, up, mm. up to get started, at least. Okay. Because I know for my, for my own sake, you know, I've got ways of doing things. I have habits I've developed. I've got, and my wife kids me about this, that, oh, Alan, you just do this because you always do it. And, <laughs> well, there's some truth to that. Hopefully, mm -hmm. we develop habits that are resourceful and beneficial to us and helpful to other people. But it's not easy for most of us, myself included, to change a habit once we decide, you know, really, uh, drinking all those soda pops is just probably not good for me. Mm -hmm. And then to decide, well, I'm going to change that. I'm going uh, I'm, I'm to drop down from three sodas a day to one mm -hmm. and see if I can do that. And the idea that you have to have a, a reason, a why absolutely because so what, it, that would be something like because it's rotting my teeth it's it's not good for diabetes or what are some of the reasons that you've heard what are the whys that that you know about that people right, might right. use well for me it's i i got so hooked on this con in this pacific crest trail hike that i wanted to do more of these long hikes Mm -hmm. And uh, it turns out before that, I rode my bicycle from Vancouver, B.C., down the Pacific coast to the, the Mexican border. Oh, that was great. I love that. Mm -hmm. So for me, I want to be able to do those things basically until I drop dead. I see. So that's so you that's, something you love, you want to be able yes. to do. It's funny, you know. I um, I'm a tennis player, and my listeners know this because I talk about it a lot. And I have played in the senior games, and I'm scheduled to play in the senior games again. But a lot of my decisions are like, you know, how do I want now that I'm 60? You know, how do I want to be able to get around on the court? Do I want to be able to run? Do I want to be able to get these hard shots? And it's a wonderful focusing tool because if I don't exercise, it really shows. I mean, I can, I can't, I'm, I'm stiffer. I'm not as fast. I'm just not as competitive. And that's important to me. Yes. And it's important to you. Right. That's the key thing. Like mm -hmm. I don't play tennis, so that wouldn't be very motivating for me. Right. But I think all of us have something in our life or some things in our life that are really important to us that we want to manifest in the future. Like, for mm -hmm. example, I could see older folks wanting to play catch with their grandson mm -hmm. outside. Well, if, if you're all stove up and you just don't walk much and you need to sit in a chair all the time, you're not going to be able to do that. Yes. That's or maybe a, that's I want to take the kids on a trip to Yellowstone National Park and walk around and see the geysers and all that stuff. Well, you got to be able to walk to do that. Mm -hmm. Or I want to actually be alive to see my youngest granddaughter get married. 
Well, mm-hmm. maybe I want to be alive. And the key thing for me is to link in your mind these healthier lifestyle choices like limiting the soda pop consumption. If I do that, I'm going to live longer and mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to be at that wedding. I'm going to be alive and have a great time and see my youngest granddaughter get married. So experiences that are really important to you and Absolutely. that these healthy choices uh, reinforce that, make that possible. I had a woman tell me that she wanted to be able to play on the floor with her grandchild and be able to, of course, get up <laughs> from the sure. floor. And that was one of the things that really drove her. Can you just go over, um, you have nine healthy choices, and I know we don't have time to get deeply into them, but could you just review for our audience what what are the choices and where they might start if they are not Pacific Crest Trail uh, alum, <laughs> alums like uh, all of us, uh, and then maybe they are not, you know, riding their bike through three countries, but just regular folk sure. who um, this is kind of maybe a new concept for. Right. Okay. Well, when I, I was uh, doing this research to figure out what to do to get back on the trail, it, it eventually dawned on me that we humans are more than just a body. And the way I look at it is we humans are a body, a mind, and a spirit all rolled into one. And those parts of our being expressed in different ways. So when I was doing my research, I thought, okay, so I need to identify if I'm going to be healthy, these healthy choices that nurture my body, my mind, and my spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. And the healthy choices that nurture the body, what, here's what I call them. The first is keep moving. That mm-hmm. is what most people call exercise. Mm-hmm. Then eat better. Diet, but not in a weight loss sense. Mm-hmm. And then sleep more and better. Mm-hmm. That is huge, especially now with COVID. For, mm-hmm. the, for your listeners that have not been vaccinated, if you get a good night's sleep the night before your vaccination and a good night's sleep after the, the, the day, the evening of your vaccination, you are going to have a better response than oh, if you stay wow. up late and don't get enough sleep. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, also, now moving along for the body and the mind, the big one here, I think, is what I call cultivate social connections. In COVID land these days, the medical people and researchers have identified loneliness as a major deal, Mm -hmm. especially back a year ago when we couldn't see each other. Mm -hmm. And when when my mom, who was 96 at the time, couldn't go out of her or couldn't meet with other people in her independent living facility. Mm-hmm. So cultivate social connections is huge. We and are mammals. We're supposed to be in our little tribe, in our little group. Yes. And those who are not in the group do not do well. By and large, that's right. That's right. So continuing on with the mind, the next one is diffuse chronic stress. Uh, mm-hmm. Just if, if we live in chronic stress, and by that I don't mean like stubbing your toe. That's an acute stress. But chronic stress is like marital problems, family problems, conflicts at work, 
that sort of thing. And it's to our great advantage to figure out how to deal with those things resourcefully and just have them go away. <laughs> and then the last one is called keep learning. That is a huge deal. It, our mind, our brain actually, is something like our skeletal muscles, like our biceps. If we don't use it, we lose it. Mm -hmm. And if we don't use these neural connections in our mind, they, they go away. Mm -hmm. We don't want mm -hmm. that. <laughs> so keep learning is a big deal. Then for the last, the spirit. I think the big deal here is what I call develop a positive mental attitude. And this has three components that I've identified, optimism, forgiveness, and gratitude. And for forgiveness, it, it turns out that when, when um, I was five, my uh, parents divorced. So we went to live with my grandparents. And I had um, what anger and hostility towards my father after that, and even as an adult. And I went through an exercise about 20 years ago where I wrote a forgiveness letter to my father and I told him, who he'd since died, I told him what an unclassy thing he did to leave our family. He didn't support us in any way, even though mm. he was making a good income. He just basically disappeared. Mm. I said, that was bad. It was bad for me. It was bad for my mom and my brothers and all that. That was just a low class thing to mm. do. Mm -hmm. And I forgive you. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that letter and I burned it symbolically and my ill feelings towards my father vanished and they haven't come back. Wow, that sounds so, so, such an important part of this. Is, oh, yes. Is, you know, are you carrying around these resentments? Oh, absolutely. Ball and chain of, yep. of yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was a big one and um, anyway. So the, the next one is called is what I call live with purpose. The science, the psychological research shows that people who have a purposeful life, who are living in a way that they attempt to make the world a better place, make themselves a better person and be a better husband and parent and all that stuff and to volunteer, that's a big deal. Those people live longer than people mm -hmm. who live purposeless lives. And I think the big deal there is volunteering. There's oodles of opportunities to volunteer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to do. And it turns out that the benefits of volunteering mainly accrue to the volunteer rather than the people who are on the receiving end of the volunteering. Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. And the last one is what I call participate in a spiritual community. So broadly defined as to what a spiritual community is. Mm -hmm. But the idea here is to associate with people who are attempting to manifest their higher selves in the world. Not their sort of individual little ego self, but their higher selves in the world. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that if we associate with people who are trying to do that, it's easier for us to manifest <laughs> our higher selves mm -hmm. in the world. Because that's, that becomes the, what, the, the norm. And we tend to adopt our behaviors to the norm that we're in. So it turns out uh, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean going to church. I do. I go to a church every Sunday because I find it um, inspirational. And mm -hmm. I find that it really helps me uh, what keep in the front of my mind. If I'm a 
kind and generous person and if I'm thoughtful to other people, then life is better. Mm-hmm. That's so that's so just important. a quick summary of the nine healthy choices. Yes. And the obvious question is your uh, life-threatening fall, would you trade it? No. Mm. No. <laughs> I, uh, I, I just read something the other day, a, a person whose life had been, uh, he almost died in an accident. Somebody asked him the same thing. And he said, no, I wouldn't trade this, but I wouldn't have it again. <laughs> no, that's, that's so great. It's a great Once answer. Once was plenty. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oh, my! I built my character and I'm good now. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. great. That's yes. great. Alan, where can people find out more about you and uh, your work and your book? Where's a good place to find you? I have a website. It's Alan, mm-hmm. A-L-A-N-T, as in Thomas Carpenter. Mm-hmm. Dot com. So there's mm-hmm. my website. Uh, the book is available. You could uh, have your local bookstore order it if they don't have it in stock, or you mm-hmm. can get it on Amazon. It's either a print book or a Kindle version or mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble. So you just and type it. And it is so well researched. <clears throat> I, I mean, I, you know, I got it. I was reading it, and you really got into it. You really yes. did your, your, your homework. <clears throat> yes. Well, I'm a science guy. Mm-hmm. So for me, part of this whole thing is having evidence to back up these claims about these healthy choices. Mm-hmm. So um, f- for people who really want to understand, is there really a basis to believe that sleeping more and better is a good thing for you? Well, read the book and you will see that there's plenty of evidence for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And some of these things are not as well known as the name of medication that we see on the television, you know, because there's no uh, money to be made on people sleeping well. Um, and so sometimes this uh, this research isn't as, um, I don't know, some people may not be as aware of it, um, but there's a lot of things that we can do. And that's what you're talking about, being really proactive, taking control of your own life, um, and and not just waiting to get ill and then find out what medicine uh, yes, is right, prescribed. Right. It, yeah. Well, it turns out that one of the wonderful things that I discovered in my research was that the life I experience is largely the product of the daily choices I make okay. over time. Yeah. And it's not the genes that I inherited from my parents, mm-hmm. <clears throat> nor medical care nor luck Mm -hmm. by and large Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's largely a product of the choices i make well Mm -hmm. which is really nice because i'm in charge of my life yeah and i can make better choices if i become if i know what to do Mm -hmm. that's what the book is about and if i have the motive excuse me the motivation to do something if right. I find the big why in my life and I realize, oh, man, I want to I want to be there for my granddaughter getting married. Yes. And I'm going to eat better mm-hmm. because I think that will help me stay alive and be a happier and more wonderful person when the when the wedding happens. That's wonderful. Did this uh, experience these experiences also influence your wife? Did she also start um, or was she already on board? Uh, she was already on board, but now more so. 
Mm-hmm. Is one of the other things I found that uh, making healthy choices, or actually any choices in life, is a lot easier if we have social support. Yes. And the, and those of us that are married or living with somebody, uh, that person is probably going to be our major source of support. Mm-hmm. And if that person thinks that making these healthy choices is stupid and a big waste <laughs> of time, well, good luck. Yeah, right. If they're eating McDonald's and smoking, you're going to be in trouble. It, it's going to be it's very gonna be hard. lonely. It's going to be a lonely yeah. path. Right. So, yeah. so Betsy and I are are on the path together, mm-hmm. which uh, which is a wonderful thing. It just sounds obvious, but we don't. We don't uh, complain to each other about, oh, Alan, you do much too much of this or you do too much of that or not enough of this. So mm-hmm. we're pretty much uh, in sync in terms of these healthy choices. We don't That's all great. do the same thing. We don't both of us do the same thing all the time, but we're pretty right. much You both together. have the same values. Um, yes, and we support wow, each That's other. Wonderful. Yeah, so important. So important. And it's been such a pleasure to speak with you today and learn about your life and I love this whole arc of you know start as a child really um, being indoctrinated in some of these healthy choices such an unusual experience and then how it led you to where you are and some of the absolute obstacles that you've had to overcome but it's been it's been such a pleasure speaking with you today thank you so much for your time well, it's my pleasure. And may I leave your audience with one last thing? Absolutely. That no matter how old you are and no matter what condition you're in, it is never too late to enjoy the benefits you're going to get from embracing these healthy choices. Okay. It sounds like that's a great um, title. It's never too late. It's never too late. That's mm-hmm. right. So thank you, Nicole. I appreciate being on the program. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share it with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. It's no secret that everyone's feeling pretty restless and unsettled right now. Our lives are upside down and the future is feeling pretty uncertain. But if you're anything like me, organizing my stuff can help me feel a little calmer. It's something I can do to help me feel a little more in control and in charge of my own life. If you think decluttering could help you feel better and you could use a little assistance with that, check out the online course I've developed with professional organizer and designer Carrie Luteran. It's called Too Much Stuff. And Too Much Stuff is different from other courses or articles or guidance you may have used. We give you clear steps to deal with the clutter and the tools to help you face the overwhelming feelings and the emotions that come up when we're going through our clutter. And a lot of those emotions are just feeling anxious or guilty or just basically flooded with a lot of different confusing feelings. The course is really practical. It's realistic. The lessons are short and punchy, and they're really manageable. We're not trying to set you up for some long, exploratory, 
you know, super in-depth, burdensome experience. We want something really helpful for you right now. We all need help with our anxiety. So being surrounded by more calm and less chaos can really help. So now's a good time to clear out the clutter so we can focus on what's really important in our lives. So find out more at zestfulaging.com. You'll see more about this under the web courses tab. If you have any questions, just shoot me an email at zestfulaging at gmail.com. Thanks so much. And stay tuned next week for another interview with a fascinating and inspiring guest. <music>